0: My name is Christian Kokerscheid and I'm from Germany. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm totally going for C here. Absolutely. David Hasselhoff, he's our national hero. <laughs> yes, remember his song, I've Been Looking for Freedom? No, you don't? It was number one in Germany for a while. Anyway. Hey, anybody worried about 2012 and uh, the end of the calendar and, and all that stuff? No. No? Okay, listen, I've done some extensive research into that whole thing, the 2012 thing, and the, I think it's the Mayan calendar, that's how deep my research was, but I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I found the, the answer to it. Can we throw this up on the screen real quick? Yeah, that's not the answer to that. It's only, there is no answer. <laughs> is it coming? Yeah. There, all right. I only had enough room to go up to 2012. Oh, that'll freak somebody out someday. (laughs) So they just ran out of room. All right, so we're good. Nothing to worry about. Now, Jesus might come back, but that would be good. Yeah, wouldn't it? All right, so the texting poll. Let's get back to that. Um, My good friend Mike Manning just took a good guess at saying that Neude Loser means a notorious preacher who's a loser. Uh, I hope that's not it, but that would have been D, none of the above. Can we look at the results real quick? Live polling results, oh, here we go, none of the above, huh? Very few, six, six set A, restriction of internal air services to a country's own carriers, I don't even know what that means, (laughs) a young person with little or no redeeming value to society, that would be sad. And three, what, that's it, I texted in 10 times by myself, and it's only up to 12. None of the above. It is none of the above. Very good. You guys won. If I had taken the the what do you call it the um You know, with these shows, when you can ask the audience, we would have won. You guys did well. Who knows what it actually means? Anybody has an idea what Neude Loser actually means? Let me just tell you, when I I started preparing the message for today, um, and Monday I went into our planning online and looked at the... We we usually write, write paragraphs about it, but I just saw the title and I said, New Year's Neude Loser. I'm supposed to speak on a New Year's Neude Loser. And literally I was thinking, thinking, thinking... Eventually, I had to call Lad and said, Lad, what are we speaking on? <laughs> I couldn't figure it out, um, but maybe you guys could. What is it? Resolution backwards. resolution backwards. Yes, very good. A New Year's resolution backwards. Now, when I saw that, I, uh, I was reminded of one of my favorite country songs, Rascal Flats. Who likes Rascal Flats? All right. Do you know the song when you play a country song backwards? You know that how I said you, you get your house back, you get your dog back, you get your best friend Jack back, you get your truck back, you get your hair back, you get your first and second wives back. You know that song when you play a country song backwards? Well, today we're going to talk about doing a resolution backwards and the effect that a backwards resolution could have on your life and on the lives around you. And I'm sitting today here because this is... A, this is more of a devotional this morning, just some thoughts for our new year. Um, and I'm just really, uh, really thrilled to be here with you this morning. I haven't spoken in here in forever, it feels like. So it's really good to be with you guys this morning and, and kick this year, 2012, off together. And I'd like to, love to start by, uh, by praying with you. Let's do that. Lord, I just thank you for your grace and your mercies that are new every morning. And they're new this year. Well, I just thank you, Lord, for for your faithfulness. Thank you for this year ahead, Lord, and that we know from your word that you have things planned for each one of us. You're not going into this year blindly. You have distinct plans for each one of us. And I just pray, Lord, that we would that we would go into this new year with an openness and a desire, actually a longing to be led by you this year to be used by you this year thank you for the privilege of of being here this morning and uh, starting this new year together and i just pray lord that you would that you would speak into our hearts this morning that i wouldn't be sharing my thoughts on new year's resolutions but that uh, that you would to get that you would get to speak into our hearts this morning pray that in jesus name amen amen if you've been here um, with us before Christmas, as patrick said we've made up words this this last year and the word we recently made up was love evolution, a love revolution and we talked about how how backwards that is in our society to live out of that incredible love that we've received from god and how it turns our lives upside down how we start doing things that maybe don't make sense in in the way that this world functions um so we've been talking for weeks about doing things backwards and and then we asked you to do christmas a little bit backwards um we asked you to to have a christmas love where we've encouraged you to look at your christmas budget and and maybe consider not spending all of what you were planning on spending for christmas on christmas gifts on yourself or on each other but to lay that before jesus and say god what would you have me do with this money with part of this money or with all of it whatever what would you have me do with this money that i was going to spend on another sweater or socks or tie or another toy whatever it it was going to be for and then to see what he would lead you to do with with part of that and uh, I just want to quickly share with you what what came out of that, what came out of you guys committing to doing christmas a little a little backwards this year overall, as of this morning the the number of dollars that were given to any of these these ten options that we gave you in that little catalog was over forty seven thousand dollars over forty seven thousand dollars. And I don't think that includes the over thousand, uh, about thousand five hundred dollars that adventure canyon and our youth ministry race so that would still be on top of that Um, as a result of what you gave 20 families from k2 will be assisted with rent utilities and very practical needs because of what you gave because of you doing Christmas backwards this year a whole community in Africa will get clean water supply for life that's thousand two hundred families who will have clean water for life who wouldn't have had it otherwise um, that's just that's just some of them. 150 kids in Honduras will be fed breakfast every month. Um, over 75 rescue packs for, for women that that are rescued out of sex trafficking will be given out. Um, $47,000 because of one less toy and one less sweater. Thank you guys so much for doing that, for doing Christmas backwards. Yes, absolutely. So today we want to kick off this New Year with looking at, at New Year's resolutions and what could it mean to do a New Year's resolution backwards. Who's made a New Year's resolution this year? That's not very many. Who has given up on New Year's resolutions? <laughs> okay, who's made a New Year's resolution and has already broken it this morning? <laughs> I did. I was going to quit coffee. That didn't work out. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. There's two things. As I was thinking about New Year's resolutions, there were two things that came to my mind that to me seem almost, almost always to be true about New Year's resolutions. The first thing that I think is almost always true about New Year's resolutions is that they are born out of discontent, right? If you think about most New Year's resolutions, they are born out of being being unsatisfied with something in your life and wanting to do something about that i am um, i looked at um usa today had a poll uh, this last week on new year's resolutions and i have it here somewhere in my notes but i can't find it right now um it was about 41 percent of people that make new year's resolutions want to lose weight or get healthy so there's a discontent with 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 life situations, whether that 's weight or health forty one percent eight percent were going to make a major purchase that year. A major purchase often comes out of discontent i don 't have this I need that. Um, other ones were were "I want a better job or a promotion. It was an improvement in the job situation again, born out of Discontent with with the current situation. And then a large percent, 30-something percent, had, like you, a lot of you, had given up on New Year's resolutions, which that's born out of discontent because it hasn't worked in the past, right? So they're often born out of discontent, and, as I was thinking about that, there's, there is a healthy discontent. There can be a healthy discontent in our lives with situations that aren 't good with situations where god 's word would say that 's not good, and we have a healthy discontent, and we want to change that. Getting healthier is is a good discontent. Uh, qu- quitting smoking is a good discontent, but I, I want to shift our focus a little bit this morning as, as we 've just wrapped up a year, two thousand and eleven. I want to shift our focus from from discontent to thankfulness a little bit. Because in scripture we see over and over and over and over and over again that we are not just encouraged to be thankful, but that we are told and commanded to be thankful and to be content. And so I want to just take a little bit of time together with you, looking back at 2011. And in light of what our wishes are for 2012. Let's look at 2011 and what we're thankful for and let that be the source of our resolutions, our backwards resolutions for this next year. Obviously, this this time of year, whether it's the very end of your beginning, it's a great time to reflect. So we've just finished 12 months of 52 weeks, 365 days. By the way, this year we have one day more. I think we have a November 29th. Um, We have... We've had 8,760 hours that we just spent in 2011. Intense tons has happened, hasn't it? So much has happened. Here's a, a, a short blimp of my year this year. Wow, getting emotional already. I started this year with an intense spiritual crisis. Early this year, I, I walked into Dave Nelson's office and says, I can't do this anymore. All these thoughts and doubts and lies that I was believing. I said, I can't do this anymore. That was early in, in February. And, and then Dave and our spiritual advisory board gave me the freedom to go away for a week. And it led to incredible spiritual healing and breakthrough. And a and freedom with Jesus that I've never known. That's how my year started off. A revolutionized walk with Jesus. Then I got to do my second bike relay race from Salt Lake to Vegas called Saints to Sinners. Usually you try to go from sinner to saint, but we, uh, we rode from Salt Lake all the way through the night to Vegas for the second time with, with really good friends. It was a blast. I had my third annual camping, Kokosite Men's Camping Trip um, up at, um, at a reservoir. I forgot the name. Up in Oakley. It was awesome just to spend, spend a couple of days with my older boys together then i had a surprise trip to germany for my brother's 40th birthday then recently we had a cross country trip with a car with four children to south carolina wow yes we made it back and f- back there and back but it was awesome and then we just adopted a little 6-year-old girl 3 days before christmas so it was just it was just an awesome awesome year and then as a church we we reunited our two campuses this year it was quite an un unexpected turn in our life as a church, but one we felt God was leading us to. And and I think we've been blessed as a result back here on this campus. Then this year, we we began pursuing the purchase of a central location for K2. We've again extended our Adventure Canyon space to the point where none of us pastors have offices anymore because we can't fit all the kids into the building. That's a great problem to have. We've renovated this red box. We've got new lights and new colors, and just made it a little nicer in here. New chairs, yes, huh? New chairs. Woo! That was long overdue. We've, I believe, we've gone on two mission trips as a church this year to the Philippines and Ethiopia. But more importantly, we've seen countless lives changed at K2. The stories that we hear The emails that come in When we meet people Especially guys that Or people that join the crash course and, and tell their life story and of, of how God has used this church And this community to, to turn their lives around How they've been introduced To the living Jesus And how he has changed their lives around We've had baptisms this year People making the confession of faith I have committed my life to Jesus And I'm going to follow him So much has happened this year in my life individually, in your lives individually, and in our life as a church. And there's been hard times for all of us, I'm sure. There's been struggles for us as a church. But there's been so many, so many good times, so many things to be thankful for. Thankful to our Lord, thankful for his faithfulness, thankful to each other in the community that we get to enjoy. So I just... I want to read you a verse um, from Colossians three fifteen, where Paul writes, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. He says, Be thankful. He doesn't say, Hey, it'd be really good for you if you would focus more on the good things. He says, Be thankful. That means we all have things to be thankful for. I know there are some of you right now where this year the bad outweigh the the good. I know that. I know there's people here who maybe just over the holidays, just it was it was bad timing. But I'm sure if we look hard enough, there's things that all of us can be thankful for. And you know what? I just this wasn't planned, and I don't have a microphone to roam around. But I want to ask: Would some of you share? Like, re- it's got to be really quick. If it's more than a sentence, I'll cut you off. <laughs> but would you just quickly, in a word or a phrase or a sentence, tell us? something the main thing you're thankful for this week just stand up real quick i'll point at you we'll just do a few i just want to hear what you guys are thankful for in your life or in the life of this church anybody please terry the launching of, break free. The, launching of the break free ministry yes <clears throat> leading people into more freedom in jesus is awesome and men we're launching it for you this year so we'll will there will be more information on that later on anybody else i knew you would say something mark oh you didn't get up rachel Terisha, sorry. <laughs> Rachel's there. Yes. I'm thankful, for Rachel's family for me live thankful for Rachel's family for opening the home to you. That's what the Demeglios do. They open their homes to people who need it. Rachel? My baby boy. Yes, <laughs> baby boy. Yes, Marilyn. Okay, nephew born early and healthy as could be. Awesome. anybody else? Come on! There's things to be thankful for. For being taken to another level of what un un oh my word! The word just left my brain, Christian. Closer walk with Jesus un, said unconditional, unconditional love, new level of unconditional love. Awesome. Yes. All right, daughter came back. That is awesome, Dave, awesome. All right, Mike, one more, last one. Uh, We we got word uh, about a month ago there's a guy moving to Utah to plant a church in Colorado City. Wow, a church planter for Colorado City. Wow, I hope he's, he's got thick skin. That's awesome, that is awesome. See, lots of things for us to be thankful for. Here's something I found A couple of years ago, I was preparing a message on thankfulness, and I found this, I don't know if it's a poem, things I'm thankful for. The mess to clean after a party, because it means I've been surrounded by friends. Thankful for the taxes I pay, because it means that I'm employed. Thankful for the clothes that fit a little too snug, because it means I have enough to eat. Thankful for my shadow who watches me work, because it means I'm out of the sunshine, out in the sunshine. Thankful for a lawn that needs mowing, windows that need cleaning, and gutters that need fixing, because it means I have a home. Thankful for the spot I find at the far end of the parking lot, because it means I'm capable of walking. But I too. We got golf carts for you. <laughs> Thankful for all the complaining I hear about our government, because it means we have freedom of speech. Thankful for my huge heating bill, because it means I'm warm. Thankful for the lady... Or man, behind me in church who sings off key because it means that I can hear. (laughs) Thankful for the piles of laundry and ironing because it means my loved ones are nearby. Thankful for the weariness and aching muscles at the end of the day because it means I've been productive. Thankful for the alarm that goes off in the early morning hours because it means that I'm alive. Thankful for the friends and family I can share this message with to remind us all what is important in life. Thankfulness, Lots and lots to be thankful for. And so I just want to encourage us to, to focus on the things that we're thankful for to guide us. And in, in what are we looking for in this new year? And not let our discontent guide us. So it's a time to reflect on the past. But January 1st of every new year, January 1st of this year, 2012, is also now a time to, to look forward. To look, look ahead into this new year and, and what might be ahead of us. And I tell you, I can't wait to see personally how, how God is going to continue to shape me as a person, how he's going to, to draw me closer to him. I can't wait to see how he's going to fuse our family with little Cameron that just joined us and how he's going to bring us together as a family. I can't wait to see what his plans are for K2 this year. I can't wait to see where he's going to lead us, whether it's the fun dome or somewhere else or whether he's going to keep us here, whatever he has for us. I can't wait to see what God has for us as a faith community called K to the Church here in Salt Lake City, I can't wait to see what he's gonna do in your lives, in your family lives, in your small groups. I can't wait to hear from you how he's shaping you and how he's drawing you into a deeper relationship with him. And then I gotta throw this in here. I can't wait for the soccer championships in Europe this summer. <laughs> can't wait. All right, so let's get back to resolution. A resolution or a a noodle loser, the new definition, a, a, a resolution backwards, a New Year's resolution backwards is defined as a resolution that changes something in your life for good and that changes things in the lives around you. It's a resolution, maybe this is a better way to say it, it's a resolution that's not about you. That's a backwards resolution. A resolution that is not about you. Because here's the second thing that I have found true for almost every New Year's resolution that I've ever made or ever heard of. The second truth or the second thing that's almost always true about a resolution is that it's almost always about self. A resolution is almost always about self. That was true for that USA Today poll um, about losing weight, getting a job. Falling in love was another one. Finding true love was was another big one. They are so often about ourselves. But we want to look at, at it backwards. A resolution that benefits someone other than self. I want to ask you this. Have you ever regretted making a selfless decision? I know that when we're selfless, when when we make decisions that are not about self, that are about others, we put ourselves out there and set ourselves up for possible disappointment. People can take advantage of that. I know that, and I'm sure that might have happened. But in the great scheme of things, when you live your life more selfless than selfish, have you ever regretted that? I can just tell you from personal experience, when I... Fall into a selfish mode of operation. When when I start centering about my schedule and my wishes, it always always leads to conflict. the the most The most challenging time for me with that and this, you're going to laugh about this, or I don't know, is is college football time. Man, I want to watch my Gamecocks play, and I find myself in in the fall planning my weekend schedule around making sure I'm in front of a television when the South Carolina Gamecocks play. And I find myself making decisions that affect the rest of my family because I want to watch that game. I know this is a really st- may- might be a really stupid example, but that's where, where I, f- I struggle the most with this, where it's, and it's most recent in my memory. And I find myself making decisions and becoming so absorbed with that thought that it inevitably leads to friction within the family, that it leads to stress and anxiety because i got to make this work somehow. And it always leads to conflict. Now, when, when I've given in, said, okay, you know what, I'm just going to record this, or I'm just not going to watch because they're playing the Citadel and it really doesn't matter. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm going to go watch my boys play soccer instead. Or I do. do you think I've ever regretted that? Do you think I've ever regretted not watching the Gamecocks play yet? And I know that's a really stupid name for a mascot, but ever regretted not watching but spending time with family? Never. But every time it's a struggle again. We feel, as humans, I think we have this tendency to feel, if I look out for myself, I will be fulfilled. Me making sure that my desires are fulfilled and my needs are met is going to make me feel good and i can just tell you and i'm sure you know that it won't (laughs) it just doesn't it's so weird how we act against what's actually good for us see the bible bible talks about that and i'm totally outside of my notes but it doesn't matter I want to read a, a verse, it's not on the, on, the, on the screen, it's from Philippians, where, where Paul writes, in humility, considers other, consider others better or more important than yourself. So in humility, consider others more important than yourself. Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. It doesn't say don't think about your needs at all. It says, but don't just, don't focus on that. In humility, consider others more important than yourself and and consider their needs above your own. So the Bible tells us, this is how God is telling us, this is how I made you. I made you to function and be fulfilled when you actually don't think about yourself. But somehow we've been so corrupted and so bought into the lie that if I don't look out for myself, nobody else will. And God is saying, you can do that. You can make that choice. But it's going to just lead to anxiety and stress and friction and strained relationships in your life. You are actually, you and I were made to look out for each other about self. And in the process of you looking out for others, others look out for you. That's God's economy. And that's what, what I want to challenge myself with and want to challenge you with in terms of how are we going into this new year? What's our noiter loser? What's our backwards resolution? Is it about me? Is it about me improving my life? Me getting something else? Or can we, can we take this biblical view of it and say, okay, what, what can I resolve to change this year that's going to affect others, that's going to benefit others around me? Whether that's your children, your family, your spouse, your extended family, your, your friends, your neighbors, your colleagues. That takes courage. It takes courage to make a resolution that benefits others above self. And interestingly enough, I just watched a movie this week, finally, before it completely got out of the theaters called courageous. Anyone seen courageous? If you haven't, you better get it when, when it comes to red box, it's an incredible movie with a very clear Christian message, um, about one man, one father and husband making a resolution and he writes a resolution based on his study of God's word. He was just challenged to be a better man. <laughs> In turn, just challenged to be a better husband and a better father. And he, he was digging through scriptures looking, how, what does the Bible taught, say about being a man, a husband, and a father? And he wrote a resolution. He called it the resolution. And he told some of his friends, I'm going to sign this resolution. I'm going to make a commitment. Not to be a better me for me, but to be a better me for those around me, a, a better me for those that God has entrusted to me. That's a a loser. That's a backwards resolution for others. And here's an interesting thing that happened in, in that movie and in the dynamics between this man and his three or four friends that he asked to keep him accountable. He said, I'm going to sign this, and I want to let you know that I'm signing this. Make sure you call me on it when I'm not living up to this with my wife and with my children. The effect that that had, his selflessness and his commitment to serve others, Challenged. He didn't ask his friends. You need to sign this too. But as a result, they said, "You know what? We're going to sign the same thing, and we're going to keep each other accountable." That's courage. See, when we resolve to do things, others are watching. When we resolve to do things, we will inevitably lead people down the road we go, and we have a choice: what direction we're taking. You and I have a choice of what direction we're taking this year. And I'm telling you, wherever you go, you will take people with you. For good or for worse. And I just want to encourage all of us to be courageous this new year with our backwards resolution. You know, even though there was just one night between yesterday and today, just like any other day, somehow today is different, isn't it? It's a new beginning. It's a new year. Somehow, when this new year rolls around, it, it brings with us new opportunities. New opportunities for you and me to to make some changes, to go down a new direction, a new road. We can leave old things behind and, and take another stab at it. And as I was preparing for today, I was reminded of of a time in scripture when a group of people had a new beginning. It wasn't necessarily a new year, but it was a whole new beginning in their lives. A new era was beginning for the people of Israel in Joshua chapter 24. They had just taken possession as a, as a nation of the land of, of Canaan, of Israel. They had just taken possession of the land. And, and Joshua is, is before the people and he says, we've got to decide how we're going to do this. And they made a resolution. Of how they were going to go into this new beginning as a people. And this is what it says in Joshua 24 verse 15. Joshua says, as for me and my house, I will serve or we will serve the Lord. He says, as we go into this new land. Basically what he's saying is, I can't make this decision for all of you people. But God brought us here. He's given us a new beginning as a people. And he says, me, Joshua joshua and my house we resolve to serve the lord that's our resolution and then the people as as with one voice in the next verse say that's what we're going to do now some followed through and some didn't but again one man took a stand a selfless stand saying this isn't going to be about me i'm going to live for god in this land and the nation followed him And I was telling you, that is what I want to make this year about for me and my house. The Kokeshite family this year will resolve that we will serve the Lord. And I just want to invite you and encourage you to join me in that to make this year not about another purchase, not about self improvement, not about self fulfillment. But let's get into this new year, 2012, committing that you and your house will serve the Lord this year. And here's what I mean with this. I don't mean doing more things for him. I don't mean getting busy for him. I'm not going to guilt you with having a longer quiet time and spending more time and and maybe an hour and a half reading your Bible. Here's what I want to challenge you with. As you If you and as you commit to serving the Lord this year, would you not commit to doing more for him? But would you commit to doing more with him? Would you commit to taking him into everything you do? And you know what that's going to lead to? If you take Jesus with you into your daily life, into your endeavors this year, into your life, into your family, into your workplace, into your neighborhood, if you take him with you, he will lead you and he will fill you with his spirit. And it will lead to selflessness, to humility, and to serving others as you, just, as you walk with him. And as you take him into your life with him, he will direct you. He says, as you acknowledge me, I will direct your paths. Would you commit with me to make this year about serving Jesus? That is what I wish for you and for me more than anything. That 2012 would, would be for my family, for you family, and for this church family a year where we just pursue more intimacy with Jesus and let him lead and direct us. And I hope and pray that we as K2, that we as the leadership here at this church can walk with you in that process, that we can help and support you seeking a deeper walk with Jesus, seeking for you and your house to serve the Lord. And I just thank you for giving us the privilege of, of being with you in that process. Can't wait to see where he leads us. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. Again, I thank you so much for your faithfulness to us. Lord, as I look back at this last year, I'm just overwhelmed by your relentless love for me by your relentless love for this church and for every individual here. I'm overwhelmed by you just coming after us and drawing us into a deeper walk with you. And Lord, that's, again, that's what I want to commit to for me and my house and for this church, Lord, that we want to serve you. We want to follow you this year Lord, would you draw us closer and closer to you? And Lord, give us the courage to follow you and to lead others into following you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Patrick will come up here in a second and close the service. We intentionally don't have a time of musical worship. That's Patrick, he's already here. We're not going to have a time of musical worship because we want to draw the focus on the fact that that worship is more than singing songs to Jesus. Worship mostly is what you and I do when we leave these doors, when we leave these buildings, and how we live selflessly out there, how we show Jesus to the community we live in. And so I want, to, I want you to leave when Patrick's done. With that in mind, how, how can we worship God out there on a daily basis as we walk with him? Thank you so much for being here this morning. Happy New Year.